What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. The Hounds kick off the regular season this week, and we've got a lot of stuff to discuss before that happens. Let's go! I realized in this new setup, I can't like move away from the mic effectively. So I was like, do I go to this? I'll, I'll just run into a wall. So like, I gotta, I gotta work that out. I'm I was gonna, gonna say it's a proper let's go. I mean, I yes. feel like the season's really, it really is starting now. Like, it's here. Was, like we gotta, yeah. we gotta get into it. So All right. um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I haven't watched any MLS, but seeing ads for MLS, seeing all of the, the stuff that's come out from the USL sort of hyping things, everybody, you know, posting about their new kits, uh, Louisville bragging about how sweet their new kits are when their away kit is essentially the Hounds kit from two years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start. Kev, how was your weekend? Perfect. Weather was like 72, no humidity and perfect. And it was just great. And so, yeah, just, uh, uh, <laughs> Josh is distracting me right now. <laughs> it's because Dan Yost is in the background. Hosting say, he's, He's not going to be able to hear you right now, but yeah, yeah Dan Yost, Houndsy. Let's just go. tell him we're saying recording awesome. tonight, recording tomorrow night, recording Thursday night. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Houndsy, <laughs> Houndsy's bringing, bringing the heat this week. Lots of different shows going on. Um, if you haven't listened to their last episode, go listen to their last episode because they talked all about these new signings that we'll touch on here, um, but not nearly as in-depth as they did because... Um, I'm not sure it matters, but we'll get there. Um, we're, we're not quite there yet. So, Kev, did you? Uh, you mentioned it was beautiful. Did you get outside and take advantage of it, or did you just stay inside? And yeah, and it was great. So, you know, went out for just a long run, and then the next day wanted to go out and run again, but did something else. Did some other like workout stuff with Riley, uh, and then just went for a walk. And it was just pat. Everyone was out walking around, taking their dogs, playing frisbee, flying kites. I was like, I've never seen someone fly a kite in like 10 years. Someone was flying a kite in park. It was nice. Uh, yeah, it was just it was a good weekend. Good. Oh, Josh. Was, also, sorry, uh, no one cares about this part, but I'm going to say it anyway. But like uh, in, in Knoxville every year, we have the Mardi Gras, which is kind of fun. It's just this dog parade where people dress up their dogs and like Mardi Gras stuff. And so, you know, we shut down streets in Knoxville, everyone, and it's just a parade and people just, you know, walk their dogs and the dogs are like kind of confused, but everyone like happy and everyone's just, yeah, it was a good time. So we did that in the morning. That feels like it's just set up to be a drinking game. Every time a dog stops to poop or pee is <laughs> like, just you see it happen, drink, go. Yeah. Um, well, good, Josh. I mean, you. This is this is going to segue right into what we wanted to talk about. But uh, did you do anything besides hound stuff this weekend? Because there's a lot of hound stuff. Um, went to a birthday type shindig on Sunday. That's about only thing non houndsy, well, hounds related that I did. <laughs> Saturday, getting ready for the AGM, watching the preseason game on Friday, pretty much preparing for that, getting everything ready for it uh yeah it's uh it was fun what was the age of the birthday party birthday or every time we talk to him Eric tries to say he's 40 but he's not he's he's mm. like 36 or 7 or something like that and he's just like i'm almost 40 i'm pretty much 40 i'm 40 now it was pretty much just going to his house playing board games hanging out drinking just kind of like a low-key just having fun 
birthday yeah. party. No, that sounds great. Liz says 38. 38. Yeah, that's nice. yeah. yeah, I was close. Yeah. Um, no, whenever somebody says birthday party, I just assume like kids' birthday party. And I'm like, no, like people have birthday parties. And I was telling you guys off air, part of the reason why I'm in that mindset is because from Wednesday through Sunday, uh, our five-year-old niece was staying with us. Uh, while her parents were in Mexico. And so my life was flipped a little bit upside down. Um, not used to having uh, a five-year-old or a, you know, little girl in the house because I have three boys. So uh, there was a lot of um, Barbie going on, um, <laughs> a lot of, you know, snarky, poopy, farty jokes that were going on. And uh, we just kind of like rolled nice. with it. And yeah, yeah. So um so that's why I, I really wanted to come down for the Louisville game in the AGM. But we were like, we have her. And then my wife's like entire family came to our house because she was here. And so it was literally just, I think we had like 12 kids. Two of them were five years old. Our kids, our dogs were terrified, like shaking the whole time because it was just Aww. chaos. And they're just used to like chill. Um, but it was good to see everybody. Um, and uh, yeah. A little, a little respite here before uh, you know the season kicks off. So, Josh, you mentioned the AGM. Give us the goods. What happened? Are you still president? I'm still president for now. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, yeah I'm still president. We uh, pretty much just had one, uh, well, two positions go up for uh, a vote, which is the member reps. So that happened, and we got. Uh, I mean it. It's a lot of in the weed stuff, but biggest thing, one, the fact that we have uh, a bus trip for sure happening this year, which is something we haven't been able to do in a while, um, which isn't until the last game of the season <laughs> because it's at Detroit. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go to Detroit. Our options were pretty much like Detroit or Loudoun. And we're like, ah, yeah, Loudoun. <laughs> I really want to go to Loudoun. Like it, it's pretty much one of the lamer places to like tailgate or do anything because they're like in the middle of nowhere parking lot and like you're technically not even supposed to tailgate in their parking lot and they have all these rules and it's like there's nowhere to like drink close by where you can like go to a bar and then go to the game like you have to like get on a bus after the bar so it was just it was gonna be not fun so we decided bus trip to detroit would be the best option um other than that uh oh uh if you're not a member of the seal army you now have access to all of our uh, merch on Teespring. That used to be like a behind the Steel Army uh, membership program where it anything that gets sold there goes towards charity. So now instead of having that only members have access to it, we have everyone have access to it. And all the shirts are up. All the merch is up there. We, we're not doing like limited releases where you can only buy it for a month and that kind of stuff. We just want all the designs up there. Yeah. A popular one, I think, this year is going to be Defense is Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) It's feeling like that might be this type of year. So, uh, yeah, that that would be a a key one to get. And then one of my personal favorites is there's actually a coffee mug for uh, um, Woke Up This Morning Feeling Fine. So it's like one of our chants that we always do. It's like a happy sunshine on it. Perfect for a a coffee mug. So all the profits go to charity. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I, I think we were talking about it a little bit last week, but yeah, go check out that shop because there's so many designs that I had forgotten about that you guys have done over the years that are just fantastic. Um, I really like the uh, the some of the Spanish Steel Army ones. 
um, that are really colorful and fun. And I actually had to look, this is terrible. I've been doing Duolingo straight for like three years and I still had to look up. I'm like, what does that say? And it's like, oh, it's the steel. <laughs> <It's Spanish. laughs> yeah. It's a pretty basic one. It's just steel yeah. army. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm terrible. So that's, that's what, that's what comes with that. Um, well, good. So the AGM went well. Then you guys hung around. Louisville was in town. The big news was that we ended up drawing nil-nil with Louisville. So for those of you out there that thought we were going to get blown out, we did not get blown out. Um, Mike. <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers, Kevin. Jeez. Get it together. Um, of note, uh, you know – especially when we get late in the preseason, we like to look at the starting lineup and try to get a sense of like, is this what we're going to see in week one? Unfortunately, I don't think so because after the game, Lily was like, ah, oh, you know, we started with the guys we did because they know the system and they've been around the longest, but you know, I, I really, you know, expect a lot of the new guys to get more minutes as they get to know the system. So it's like, well, thanks for telling us absolutely nothing, Bob. Appreciate it. Um, that said, the starting lineup was, primarily guys who have been here other than two. So we started with Jamali Waite in goal. Nathan Dos Santos was back out on one wing. And then we had Hogan and Ordonez as the center backs with Rovira on the opposite side. So we played four at the back instead of five, like Lily went with, you know, much of last season. In the midfield, we had Forbes, Mertz, Ibarra, and Itu. Itu is uh, a new signee. Um, from Tampa. He's been all over the the USL. He also played for Charlotte for a little bit. Um, he's got a lot of minutes uh, a few weeks back when we saw him in Akron. Um, I'm sure he's gotten a lot of minutes uh, against some of the other teams as well. And then up top, we had Kiza and Dequa. So on paper, it looks like a 4-4-2 um, with a really packed midfield. And if Dos Santos and Rivera are getting up and down, it's almost like a 2 six two kind of thing talking to steve a little bit it sounded like uh ibarra and itu were the holding mids uh or were sort of the double pivot and then you had forbes and mertz and sort of a more attacking kind of look so that could be very interesting if if we're basically trying to stack the middle um but again we'll have to just wait and see what happens as as lily gets more comfortable with these guys and what we end up you know rolling out but um, Josh, you know, any any highlights or any takeaways from the game? I'm assuming you were probably still busy doing some El Presidente stuff. But uh, from what you saw, what did you think? Is that Duolingo Spanish? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it was surprisingly how uh, this sounds terrible. It was surprising how great that we actually looked compared to what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be rough. I thought it was going to be really like a back and forth type of game. Like we looked dominant the whole time. Like we didn't get a goal, obviously. And that sucks. But we had a couple shots that were really close and it was, I know you were just making fun of what Bob said, but it really did feel like a couple of passes. If they're a little bit more tight, uh, we would have won that game. It barely looked like uh, weight had anything to do most of the game. And it was mostly on their defensive side. Like, yeah, I, I had no complaints about the game other than the fact that we didn't score. It was really good and it felt promising. I don't. But here's the thing. I don't know how Louisville was treating the game. I don't know. They had trials the whole time on. I don't know if 
this was their starting lineup or this is like their their bench players they're trying to get out there i wasn't really paying that close attention to like who they had out on the field um so you know that's the obvious caveat and the other caveat being the fact that's preseason so it can't really take any away anything from it too seriously at least yeah no i mean i look looking at previous louisville games and you know we sort of uh, talked about them and how they got a lot of players back from last year and uh, they got a lot of their work done early in terms of signing players they were still signing a few late this week but for the most part they've got their team so i who knows you know, like you said, it's preseason. We don't want to put too much stock in it. And really, it feels like we're just going to have to take this game by game and sort of just sort of see how we shake out and go from there. But then they'll draw. Not terrible against Louisville. You know, I'm sure that the guys wanted to come out and, and put on a bit of a show. It was the last game at home before the season starts. Concessions were open. They knew the Steel Army was going to be there from the AGM. So come on out and get it done. Um we mentioned go ahead i was gonna say a question around the what do you guys think I'm, I'm splitting hairs here but on some level i feel like that's what she has to do at preseason. splitting hairs is the wrong word but i guess i'm searching for something of substance that might not be there um in lily's comment saying that others would have gotten more time um but this is the crew that had the most uh, experience with the system what do you guys think maybe he meant by that? Do you think like, so, okay. So I'm reading into it. Maybe he would have gone with three center backs, but he doesn't feel like he could play three center backs because a handful of them would have been new and not familiar with the system. So he goes with the four, the four was pretty interesting to me. Cause like I have a hunt, you know, it's like Dos Santos and Rivera in my mind are the main people that could play a fullback role or a wingback role or whatever. And they get their start. Um, I'm kind of looking for, you know, I don't know, hints for what might carry over into the new season. And so I, I was the biggest thing to me wasn't even necessarily the players who started this game. It was the fact that he had two center backs. So I don't know. Maybe that's what Billy meant by his comment. What do you guys think? I mean, in previous preseason games, we saw him roll out essentially three at the back with Hogan, Ordonez and Farrow. So like I, I was surprised to see when this lineup was announced that it was four at the back um, with a clear two center back pairing. So it will be interesting. I mean, I, is this Lily going into this game thinking we're going to, you know, try to take it to Louisville and make a point. And so you go with some different tactics or is this, you know, just trying to try out some guys in a few different spots. I don't know. Um, listen, some of the guys that were announced, especially this past week, I think have some potential and whether or not we see them play their way into one of these starting positions will be very interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Josh, did you have any thoughts on Lily's comments post game? I mean, as far as that's concerned, I, I do think this game was less like the previous preseason games where this one felt more like that starting lineup was like, they were treating it more like a real game. Hmm. Like they were, they were like kind of using this as a trial run. Like, okay, this is, you know, let's pretend like this is legit. This is our starting lineup. Now, second half, maybe not so much. I felt like they, they changed out a lot in the second half. But that first half definitely felt like this is what we should expect. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see this lineup again. But at the same time, kind of you got to 
remember that Lily likes to play with it. So (laughs) it doesn't mean it's going to be the same any game to game. So who knows? Yeah. I think one of the things that will be most interesting for me is considering all of the bodies that we're going to have in the midfield, we really were kind of playing with one forward last year. And then you'd have Cicerone sort of playing underneath or he'd sort of come late into the attack and you just have Dequa running alone up top. But the way this is sort of set up, if you have both Forbes and Mertz pushing high, there's not a lot of room for either Kizer or Dequa to be like the underneath guy. So to sort of see how we do line up offensively could be very, very interesting. Um, Is it actually like a flat two up top or is it, you know, you have one guy and then you almost have like the false nine underneath. We'll have to sort of wait and see. Um, But I mean, listen, all things considered great way to end the preseason. It would have been great to get a win, but to put up a, you know, a draw against Louisville who are always in the championship and, you know, with a bunch of guys that, you know, we're just not sure how they're going to perform this year. It's, it's, it gives you some hope heading into Birmingham this weekend. So, yeah. Um, it's got heated by the way. I don't know if you guys saw, well, you heard Bob talk a, a little bit about it, but there was a, a moment in the f- end of the first half where, uh there was a foul and it was on us but it looked like louisville really was not happy about it the players and like everyone rushing in the middle shouting at each other pushing shoving all that kind of stuff the ref just pretty much breaking it all up and then after that happened the whistle blows for the halftime and the ref ends up going over to the bench to talk to their coach and that got heated and like it almost started all over again because like the players on the bench were getting upset and then it's like it didn't even look like that bad of a foul it was just like a, a, a pretty innocuous foul just like okay hogan went in for it and got the player a little bit everyone was walking way fine there was no like stretcher or anything like that it was just like anger <laughs> so, interesting could be a precursor to some you know little, little some feelings some development i mean I, look we always i like we said, like, I think we think of Louisville more as a rival than they probably think of us, but probably. Oh, for know, sure. This could be nice if they're they're mad over a normal challenge <laughs> in a preseason game. <laughs> you saying that it was Hogan? My money was going to be on Ibarra. So um, interesting to see that you know the foul was on Hogan. Um, I'm looking back through Twitter, assuming it doesn't crash here really quickly. Uh, there was someone recently who said it. Oh, Nikki Kolarak. He, he tweeted, interesting question. If you could two foot or absolutely go through any footy player in the world, who would it be? So that spurred some interesting conversation, but uh, I figured that was a timely topic. Mine would be, uh, if it's anybody in the world, Bruno Fernandez can't stand the guy. Like, <laughs> that was going to be like, my answer. <laughs> I, I feel like Man United, like I just can't stand the guy. Um if it was USL, that would be int- like I I feel like at least for me. Ooh, there's like two. One would be Tyler Pasher. That was like, my answer. Yeah, Tyler Pasher, <laughs> circa a few years ago, or um, Paolo Del Piccolo used to be just a, a huge annoyance at Louisville, and he still. That's why when you were like, there was a scuffle. I was like, was it a bar on Del Piccolo? Because that would be interesting. Um, yeah, Kev. Who? No, you, you, you just took other than Bruno. No, you took all the joy himself. out of it. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he took all the joy out of it. Yeah, it was Bruno Fernandez for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Josh, do you have anybody that isn't in the USL that you two foot through them? Uh, not really. I don't. <laughs> no one really is, gets my blood boiling in EPL or anything like that. Suarez? No, was it Suarez? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The ear biter. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that works. But even that, it's just more like, oh, Drogba. Uh, yeah. But it's not because of what he did in EPL. It's what he did in uh, MLS. Yeah. Uh, he did like a leg lock against the crew. And it was just like the most egregious foul in the box. And just like, what? I didn't do anything. What? It's fine. <laughs> it's like literally like holding on to the guy's leg <laughs> to try yeah. to bring him down. Yeah. Well, let us know. Or, or you know, respond to Nikki Collarack's sweet former hound, Nikki Collarack. Um it's a, it's a fun question to think about. It's like, it's fun to think about hurting somebody. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> there's that little part of you that, you know, if you get to play the villain in like a movie or something, like, I feel like that's the, that's the best role because that's the side of you that likely never comes out. And that's the one time it's allowed to come out. So yeah, you can two-foot anybody. There would be something oddly satisfying doing it for like the best players and like Messi or Ronaldo. Just like, yeah, take that. Like, I know you have a thousand goals, but you know, <laughs> my five mile per hour, two foot against you, which would do so much harm. <laughs> Just slowly steps out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought of one more, but like, I like, I don't even. I almost feel sorry for him more than I do. Like, I want to take him out, but I was gonna say Romeo Parks, just because, like. Of what he did, but it was less of what he did and more of like when we actually interviewed him, just how blase he was about the whole thing. And it was just like, how long is this going to take? Like, I'm like, I'm here to help you, dude. Like, come on, like, give me something. And he was just like, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm just like, all right, fine. Mike, pulling back the curtain. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. We'll talk. No, we we'll, we'll save that from other shows. We'll save that from some other show. Um, the Hounds did announce seven other players uh, between our last show and now. Houndsy made a nice little joke about it. Like when you record on a Monday, like this is what you get because their show came out, I think, on Friday. And so they were able to capture all the players. Um, so they did go into more deep uh, detail about these guys. In the past, we used to spend a whole lot of time like digging into each one of the new signees. But oftentimes I found that to be fruitless because a lot of the guys you get into the season and you don't ever talk about them ever again. So it's like fun to look into them, but it's also feels like a waste of time. So part <laughs> of me is like, you know what, let's see if these guys get some minutes and then, you know, we'll definitely talk about them, maybe talk to them, that kind of thing. But just to sort of let you know, the seven players that were announced, we signed a third keeper, Jonathan Gomes. We signed another uh, center back, Michael DeShields. So now we have, what four basically four center backs uh on the team um in terms of midfielders they announced three more uh burke falling which josh that was the guy that you and i were like oh snap like he looks he looks good he looks solid um he was playing right back uh in against akron um, but apparently he can play anywhere in the midfield dz Harmon, uh who was the one who reminded me of lebo Maloto in terms of stature and skills. And so that could be a very interesting setup in the midfield. Um, it sounded like he was very active in terms of getting crosses in and making things happen. And so that could be interesting. And then junior too, who we said um, got some minutes or started 
uh, this game against Louisville. And then two more forwards, Tony Lopez and Tola Shounmi, who we talked about Tula on the last episode. But we've got a pretty deep set of forwards. And I think Lily typically does that. And then we like don't hear about these guys. <laughs> um, it was actually fun. We're going to talk about in a, in a minute sort of the best players in the Lily era and sort of going back and looking at all of the midfielders and all of the forwards since Lily's been here. And some of the names that it was just like, what? what? Oh, completely forgot about that guy. I almost put Mark Forrest in like the top six. And then I was like, I can't do that. Legend? Like, Mark yeah, Forrest? Le- legend, legend Mark Forrest. Respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you still have that jersey cab or did you like oh, yeah. do some right. you got it? who would take it i mean <laughs> <laughs> i thought he would be like he had a frame he doesn't wear it like, it's, right. it's yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah obviously it's, it's hanging up just off camera yeah yeah. yeah yeah for sure um yeah so lots of players it, it feels like i think we're at 19 now players signed feel like we typically like to go 18. into the season. You said 18? I thought, I thought it was 18. I don't know. I thought like we were actually close to 20, so I'm, yeah. I'm off. <laughs> I feel like we we typically go into the season like 21, 22. Like that's, that's kind of where we want to be. So who knows if there are more signings coming, especially as, you know, MLS season is obviously here, but there are guys that just didn't make the cut. We might pick up one or two guys as the season gets rolling and we'll go from there. Why are you laughing, Kev? I just you. It sounded like you like tried to hold down the burp and just power through your thing. And Mulaney has a bit about that. It's like as you get older, you know, you just try to power through burps, and it's just disgusting. <laughs> I apologize. I if what I did was disgusting. I just tried to like, yeah, my bad. <laughs> it wasn't disgusting. It just made me laugh. And you, you asked me why, and I'm being true. What's your What's your favorite Mulaney bit, Kev? Oh, when he uh, goes to um, uh, <laughs> sometimes I get nervous on airplanes and it turns into oh, a yeah. prost- prostate exam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still like, uh, I forget the name of the diner where him and his buddy went and they just played um, oh, What's yeah. New Pussycat over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, do you know? Do you do you follow John Mulaney at all? Do you have any John Mulaney sketches? Uh, I've watched some of his specials. I couldn't tell you a single one yeah, of his yeah, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> we went back and watched John Mulaney and the Snack Lunch Bunch on Netflix recently, and it it holds up surprisingly well, um, all things considered. Even though he starts the episode like I would never want my own kids, and like now he's like my child is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, speaking of greatest thing ever, that was not a planned segue. Uh, guys, let's talk about the best players in the Lily era. Unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into this. I'm good. We're good. Okay. Let's talk about the best players in the Lily era. So last week we started this and the idea was we would look back at each position. Uh, last week we did keepers and center backs and we sort of shared our thoughts as to when you look at all the keepers and all the center backs that have been here since 2018, which is when Lily got here, which ones would you pick to be the best? And the thought is, is that at the end of this, we're going to have 11 players that we sort of say, you know, since 2018 to the beginning of the 2023 season, these are the best players that we think have come through uh, the hounds with Lily here. So we voted ourselves, and I think that our voting matched up pretty close to what everyone else voted for online. So we did put up online voting. In terms of the keeper, you all picked Kyle Morton 
as a starting keeper. And so I think that was roughly around where we landed as well. In terms of center backs, we had multiple rounds of voting. Tommy V was the only one who made it through the first round as a unanimous winner. So we said, you're in by default. And then the next round, we said the top two vote getters will make it through. And Joe Greenspan was sort of a dominant choice there. Uh, and it was neck and neck with uh, Ordonez and Hugh Roberts down to the wire. And there was some additional voting that happened today after we sort of cut it off yesterday that made it even closer. But by the time I created, or when I created this graphic, it was Ordonez. So based on everyone else's votes, our first four in the sort of the, the top 11 in the Lily era are going to be Kyle Morton and goal, Joe Greenspan, Tommy V, Arturo Dernez as your center backs. Um, imagining we're doing a five, three, two kind of formation. Um, so guys, anything, any thoughts on what everybody voted for? Do you think anybody got shafted and, and not included in that? Or we feel good with that list. That seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of nice to see a current player on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, sure. you know, that, that feels good. At least it's not all like, you know, looking back with, Rose-colored glasses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How would you guys position them? Would you position them like this? Monkeyzio in the middle? Uh, yes. For those yeah. who are listening to the show, Tommy V is in the middle of the center back trio, and then you have Greenspan on, I guess, technically the left, and Ordonez on the right. I think you might be able to swap them. For some reason, I want to say Joe typically played on the right, but I could be wrong. Um, I was yeah. just more curious about who plays in the middle, but yeah. Yeah, I think I'd put, I'd, I'd definitely put Tommy V in the middle. So, so let's move from the middle guys to the outside. So let's look at the wingers in a Lily era. Now I will say that there have been other players that have come through um, and played in midfield and as a winger and as forwards, but I tried to limit this to six in each position. I used some discretion and picked who I thought were the best players primarily based on minutes played. There were other guys that had a few minutes here and there, but it was like, you know, when you actually look at this list, I didn't feel that they belonged on this list. And I don't think anybody would challenge me for that. So as we're looking at the wingers, we have six players here. We have Ray Lee. We have Jordan Dover, Danny Rivera, Ryan James, Alex Dixon, and Nathan Dos Santos. So, this one I think could be slightly controversial because you could make the argument that Alex Dixon, is he like technically a winger? Is he technically a forward? Where does he actually play more often than not over the past two seasons? It felt like Lily deployed him as a winger, even though, you know, he, he liked to get up the field and put crosses into the box. So um, Liz is saying this is a rigged system. Yeah, I know Liz. It's fine. Um, when you make the graphics, you make the rules. So, guys, looking at this list, Ray Lee, Jordan Dover, Daniel Rivera, Ryan James, Alex Dixon, Nathan Dos Santos. Kev, what is your first thought just sort of seeing that list? Um, I mean, I, I would have, yeah, I guess expected, I don't know, more names to pop up, but I think that probably speaks to how long-standing the likes of Dover, James, and even Ray Lee to a certain extent, um, the three of them have been where they've kind of like, yeah, they've locked down those positions. The other one was where Bonkizio kind of had um, an immediate like 
slot and i mean brian james for me has to have an immediate slot in here too he he's like you know s tier for me for us so like yeah anyway those are my those are my two quick thoughts from it well and the, the thing with ryan james the same thing with tommy v is you could technically nominate them in multiple positions like he could be a winger he could be a midfielder tommy v could be a center back he could be a midfielder so um didn't Ryan James score two goals from left wing back before? He may have. There were I a couple times he was pushed up into attacking mid as well. Yeah. I don't even think yeah. he... I can't remember now. Never mind. Stop <laughs> yeah. talking. Josh, what were your thoughts seeing this list? Uh, Ryan James, right off the bat. I mean, that was... As soon as you pulled the list, I'm like, okay, obviously Ryan James. And then yeah. perturbed by Alex Dixon because I want him on this. I like I, I want to pick him, but at the same time, like as a winger? Yeah. Uh, or or yeah. at least, yeah, in a wing back along, like expecting to do some defending. Like if, if you were like, if, if Dixon was like the f in a on the right side of like a front three, then sure. And if you're calling that a winger, sure. But in this kind of, you know, you're going to be expecting to sit next to Greenspan or Ordonez in defense. I don't, yeah, I would agree. I don't know if I want Dixon back there. But that's where Lily played him. I know. That, well, that's I why I wrong. put him here. I'd love for him to be further up the field, but Lily constantly played him there. So I yeah. feel like we can't. No, I, I get the inclusion. like you to play. Yeah. yeah, I get the inclusion of Dixon in this category. Yeah. Also, uh, Jordan Dover. Man, he's awesome. Yeah. I love Jordan. Like yeah. he was so much fun. Uh, so I just seeing him, I was like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> So, well, that's honestly, I mean, that's so. Uh, all right, I'll just tell you my answer. I, like, I, it sounds crazy, but yeah, Ryan James and Jordan Dover for me are the two that I would want at left back and, and right back. Josh? I, I mean, I like Danny a lot, though. Roby, I mean, mm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do Ryan James and uh, Danny. Oh, man. Okay. Nobody's Mike. picking. Like I, I could make an argument that Dixon might be like one of the most talented players that's been on the Hounds. He's just I, been played out of the position. I agree. I was so angry. it's it's just like, can you really have like a best eleven of the Lily era and not include Alex Dixon and be like, he's your first guy off the bench? Like really? Like that's how we're going to do this? But <laughs> that's the. I guess for me also, it's it, it's what I what I want in my dream team. And I guess what I want is like in my mind, if our back five is Ryan James, Ordonez, Greenspan, Vonkezio, and Dover, that's solid. We're going back to the era where, like, you know, we let up 15 goals in a season. Um, not saying that Dixon like can't defend, but he just becomes an obvious maybe exploit for other teams when we're playing against because you know he's going to get up the, higher up the field. He's going to be required to be you know a serious part of the attack which could leave some openings down that you know flank and that could be you know tough so yeah I, I whereas i think dover is is just rock solid at that position and can still contribute a little bit going forward i think yeah i guess so I'm, I'm i'd rather pick someone who is more defense first and attack second than attack first and defense second even though dixon is incredibly talented so maybe what we'll do is this. We'll say that if if we get to the midfielders and we get to the forwards and there's somebody that you think Dixon should replace, 
then we'll we'll do that. Cool. But I'm telling you right yeah. now, when we get no. to that list, you're gonna be like, ah, crap. Because I'm gonna say like, this is the place to put them. I feel like because I since you show those midfielders, we're gonna be like, oh no, okay, those these ones over top. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, Kev, I think I'm with you. Like, I can't justify leaving Dixon off this list, but I think it's got to be James and Dover. I feel like it just feels like that. That's like warm blanket Lily. Like it, like for yeah. it felt like for years it was James and Dover, and it was just like you knew what you had that they were gonna they were gonna lead out of the back line, put crosses into the box. They were gonna be rock solid, even though I would have loved to see James more in the midfield. But like that's what it was. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what how how I gotta figure out how we're gonna do this voting. Like with the center backs, we sort of did pairings, and then whoever made it through the pairings, there was like a final round. And I don't know if that makes sense in this scenario too, or if we say like top two, we'll have to think about it. Um, but voting, I'll, I mean, go ahead. I'll fight pretty hard to get Dixon and somewhere else. So, okay, we'll see. Let's, see. <laughs> let's let's move on then to midfielders. I, we said Brian James is in for us, yeah, and for then sure. beyond that, you know, we gotta we gotta figure some things out. Midfielders. So back to 2018 flashback. We had. <laughs> Kevin Kerr, Kenny Forbes, who's been here since 2018, Mo Dabo, who there was a lot of love for Mo Dabo. Then you had Robbie Mertz, Danny Griffin, and the underrated Todd Wharton also played some midfield, who retired with the team. So six midfielders, Kerr, Forbes, Dabo, Mertz, Griffin, Wharton. I mentioned there were a few other, you know, Ben Zemanski came through. There were a few other guys that were in the midfield that based on minutes, based on contributions, just didn't feel like they contributed as much as these six did. Um, so Josh, immediate thoughts seeing the six. I mean, automatically uh, Kenny Forbes is mm-hmm. making that list. Um, are we doing more than one? How many are we doing here? Three. Three. Yeah, unless unless you think one of these guys should be replaced by Alex Dixon. Okay, this is um, 2018 is the earliest we can go back. Yep, because I'm like Kevin Kerr. I feel like knee jerk reaction was like, yeah, Kevin Kerr. But later, Kevin Kerr versus. Uh, Don't think like that. Just okay. think like okay, player in general. Yeah, all I, right then. Yeah, Kevin Kerr. Yeah. Um, and then after that. Is it is it Griffin? Is it Griffin or is it Mertz? It's tricky. I'm gonna uh, uh, Griffin. Kev, your boy, your boy. The, Are the, we the real? The real Kevin's on the list. So it, the real Kevin is on the list. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him that. Um, wait, are we doing forwards right after this? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'll I'll pause before trying to fit Dixon into this three and I might retroactively go back. Same thing with me. My first thought, Kenny has to go in. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, and I'm not even sure where I'd want to put him. Uh, I don't think Bob does either because I feel like every other season, Kenny goes through the entire spectrum of playing more advanced and having a more free playmaker role and then playing more deep and being like a deep blind playmaker. And I just don't, I don't know, or even playing like as like a wide player. Um, so I don't know where I'd put Kenny either. Um, yeah, 
I I mean I remember really liking Modabo. Um and I think he had a lot of qualities that maybe a lot of these other players don't, but I don't know if I can justify him in. Uh same thing with Todd Wharton. Todd Wharton was just solid but not great. I would say he was like a slightly worse version of Danny Griffin. Um and then it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I'll pause there. I'll say Kenny's definitely in, and I'm removing Mo Dabo and Todd Wharton from my other considerations. <laughs> and Mike, what do you think? I mean, I agree with you. Kenny just because he's been here since 2018, I don't think there's been a year that he hasn't been voted to one of the all USL teams. He's the all-time assist leader. He's been our captain since oh, probably 2018. Um, he, he can't not be on that list. I mean, you, well, you and talk- I feel like, yeah, like every year, at least once, most like more than once, he does something on the field that like no one else can do. And it's right. just like, oh, yeah, like you're just so much better at right. this than everyone else. And, and you know, we have, you know, over the years, I think he's going to be 33 this year, 34, something like that. So, like, we have sort of knocked him. His speed has dropped a little bit, but you can't discount his contribution to the team since Lily got here. And what I'm sure he's going to continue to contribute as well. When we talked to him on the show, he had said that he actually prefers to play further up the field, whereas when he started here, he was sort of in that holding mid-pivot role. So um, Kenny's got to be on. Um, I feel like just because it's it's Kevin Kerr, I think I feel like it has to be Kevin Kerr. And so then that that leaves us with Mertz or Griffin. Um, you know, my my man crush on Griffin is well documented. So I I would probably say Griffin um, just because he was here what the past three years like most consistent player played almost every game during that time if Mertz had stuck around that's not knocking Mertz I absolutely like he should have gone to Atlanta he should have tried to see just like Griffin is trying his hand at MLS right now but if if Mertz had stuck around it might be more of a contest for me so I think it's Kerr Forbes and and Griffin um but I honestly like I I had all like I literally put this graphic together yesterday and I had all this time to think about it. And like I couldn't even come to that conclusion until right now because it's just like there's a lot of good players here. All right. Well, one question, though, with this conclusion, which you you have the same lineup as I do. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Dixon, does Griffin get in over Dixon for you? Oh, man. Is this where we drop? See, one? This is like I can make an argument for Dixon being really dangerous in this position i just we've seen it i feel like so little that it's it's hard to really make a call for it i I don't i don't doubt he could thrive thrive from any position but and this is why i just have to wait until i see the forward list for for me to give my answer for that but i think it's possible all right so let's let's look at the forward list and then we can come back to this and sort of see what goes from there so we 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 said we're picking three midfielders we're going to pick two forwards. Here is our list of forwards. We have Nico Brett, who I think was up for Golden Boot. I can't remember if he won it that season or not. Cristiano Francois, Steven Dos Santos, Steven Dos Santos Russell Ciceroni, Albert Dequa, or Dane Kelly, which could be sort of the surprise post on here. But keep in mind that in the few games that he played, uh, he was our leading goal scorer in terms of goals per minutes. So he did have a bit of a, I don't know, we'll say he had a riff with Lily because that's why he wasn't playing, but he 
up to that point was the USL's all-time leading goal scorer and was the team's leading goal scorer per minute uh, and just didn't get a lot of playing time last season. So again, that's Nico Brett, Cristiano Francois, Steven Dos Santos, Russell Cicerone, Albert Dequa, and Dane Kelly. So Kev, what's your immediate thoughts when I show it? It doesn't even have to be like, I'm picking these two players. Just what did you think when you heard this list? Um, I forgot about the timelines a little bit. I was thinking Romeo Parks was going to be on here. <laughs> after he I already, I, I two footed him out of existence. It okay, doesn't matter. Cool. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Um, if this, if, if I'm like, if I'm playing FIFA, I strongly consider Dan Kelly. Um, and also because like what you said, Mike, I mean, when he, when he did get on the field, I mean, he looked good. And I, so, but I also feel like I can't pick him for this because what, he, you know, I, I don't know how many games he actually played uh, off the top of my head, but he, you know, he became non-existent at the, at the second half of his only season here. Um, so I, I feel like I just have to cross out Dane Kelly. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. So I'm not monologuing. Josh, what do you, that, what do you think? Yeah, I'm crossing out Dane Kelly. No, thank you. Um, Christian Roth, uh, Francois, no, thank you. Um, yeah, he was good, but I, I don't know. I was like, that was really quick, man. Like you didn't even think you were just like, Nope, you're out. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I think for me, it's, it's three names here. It's, DeSantos, Nico Brett, and Cicerone. I I think DeSantos has to be on for me. Ooh. He he added something that we still have not yet seen since. And that was the fact that he could always get us in great positions, get the foul. He could make things happen when there was nothing going on up top. He was just good at getting that uh, into those positions and getting those fouls. And like what was it last year? How many how many PKs did we have last year? Like zero? Like yeah. running like yeah, like we suffer so bad from not having someone who can get those. Um, so I, I just I feel like I, I just miss what he brought to the team so much that he's an automatic ad for me at least for one of the spots. And the other two are gonna be either Nico Brett or Ciceroni, and that one's a little bit more of a toss up for me. Yeah. Yeah, looking at this list, I, for me, again, we're not like picking the best players as to like how they would play together. This is just like all time best players contributions. Uh, For me, it feels like Brett. Like, I feel like you have to have Brett in that conversation because Brett, like you said about those Santos, Brett would turn nothing into something like he could he could sort of pick up the ball and just score. And I don't think we've had since Nico Brett sort of a pure goal scorer in that vein um, since he left. And like part of me is leaning really hard towards Cicerone just because it felt like he, we talked about it last season, almost any other player on the team, if they were going in one-on-one with the keeper, you had that doubt of like, Ooh, like this might not go our way, but if Cicerone had the ball at his feet, it was like cold blooded. You were like, it's going in. He's going to put it away uh, in a way that I don't think really, I mean, other than maybe Nico Brett, but I don't even know if I felt that way with Brett. So for me, I'm, I think I'm going Brett and Cicerone. Um, 
Okay, See, I would I would kind of disagree with you on the Cicerone thing. I think I think Nico was more ruthless and cold blooded than Cicerone. I think Nico, mm. I I just yeah, I think his finishing ability uh, is probably the best on this list outside of Kelly. See, and and to quickly go back to Kelly, if if it's just like Kevin is building his own team, speaking mm-hmm. in a third person, um, I I'm picking Dan Kelly. And I'm picking Dan Kelly like first, and but I, you know, this is a different exercise, so I, I, I just need to clarify that. So there's an argument to over-engineer this and do my best Pep Guardiola impression here. Oh, here we go, and just over tinker. <laughs> Are you um, going to play five midfielders and no forwards? No, <laughs> no, no. So, uh, I, so Stephen Dos Santos. Um, a player comes to mind in the Premier League, um, Joel Linton. Uh, so, and I remember, I was like, Joel Linton was a striker from what I remember. And now he's playing midfield for Newcastle, a good Newcastle side who are playing really well this season. And when I, when I, when I search, is Joel Linton a striker? The first article that comes up is laughingstock striker turns to midfield maestro. And I just, I feel like, Dos Santos could actually be quite good in the midfield. And I feel like we brought this up when he was still here too. Um, And if that's the case, if I want to over-engineer, I'm putting Dos Santos in the midfield and putting Dequa next to Brett. Um, Or sorry, not Dequa, geez. uh, Dixon next to Brett. Um, So it'd be Nico Brett next to Alex Dixon with like Dos Santos in the midfield with Kenny and... Then it's split between Mertz and Kevin Kerr, and I'd probably go Mertz. So, but if I'm not if I'm if I'm not over engineering, then he I'd put and I'm playing by your categories. I'd do Nico Brett with Stephen DeSantos up top, and then have a midfield of Kenny Mertz and either Alex Dixon or Kevin Kerr. Um, and I'm probably picking, it's a toss up. You're between, picking Dixon. Yeah, I'm probably picking Dixon. <laughs> you always hated Kevin Kerr. <laughs> Can I make one more argument for Cicerone uh, over Brett? Ooh. Do we think Brett, it, his time with us, benefited from better players around him than what Cicerone had? Ooh. I'll I'll push back on that a bit because okay. I would say yeah Brett maybe had Brett had a better team around him but I think he had less talented attacking players around him and so I think Cicerone had better attacking players around him wasn't there a season that it was both Brett and Dos Santos up top I yeah. feel like there might have been a season. Potentially, but even at that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Cicerone, and when you're playing on the field with Alex Dixon, Kenny Forbes, Robbie Mertz, all behind you, feeding you. And, I mean, you know, say what you want about Dequa. He's fast. He's He has an engine. And, you know, he'll, he'll do a lot of the hard work, hard running for you. I feel like Cicerone had a lot set up for him in his position. Well, I mean, listen, I I don't know if you guys have convinced me not to pick Cicerone, but we did talk a lot about how it seemed like 
every game last season, you'd get to the 60th, 70th minute and Bob's taking them off because like the engine's shot. So, you know, is that a knock against them? I will say, Kev, to your point about Dequa, I feel like um, Dequa to me is similar to, I'm going to make an Aston Villa reference here to Ollie Watkins in that like, he's going to work hard for you nonstop to try to win the ball back. He's never going to quit for the team and he may not be the best pure striker, but that has a lot of value for the squad in ways that don't show up on the stat sheet. If you're rating individuals like personal performances on a game by game level from zero to 10, like the worst equal will ever give you is like a six. Whereas some of these other players, the worst they, they might give you is like a four or three or something. Agreed. I agree with that. So, oh man. So Kev, your your final roster in terms of midfield and forward combination, you said you would put Dos Santos in the midfield with Kenny and... And probably Mertz. Mertz. Yeah. Kenny, Mertz, Dos Santos in the midfield with Nico and Alex Dixon. Alex Dixon up top. That's interesting. Okay. Maybe the first question uh, that we should put out there is what position should Alex Dixon be in? <laughs> and then that will, that will impact where he shows up in voting. Um, we'll do that. Uh, okay. So that's, that's your like final between midfield and forwards, Josh, what is your final here between midfield and forwards? And does Alex Dixon make the cut for you? No, I don't think like, I don't like, well, okay. I guess take out Griffin, put in Dixon. I think that makes sense. So, so you what, have, what does that make your midfield? Sorry. Uh, it was Forbes, uh, Kerr, and Dixon. Dixon. And then Dos Santos and... Uh, <laughs> I, I think it, you're right. It has to be Nico Brett. I like Brett, but I also really like Cicerone. So. Plus, I mean, Nico's, was, pic, Nico's picture right there is just like, what? You're not going to pick me? Like, are you I know, me? right? He's judging me. <laughs> He's judging me. I'm looking back at the stats right now on uh, USL's page. I'm like, maybe you can make an argument that uh, Cicerone gets a lot more assists than Nico does. Like, he's good for goals and assists, which I don't think Nico really was uh, that great at assists. We have yeah. enough assists in this team with the that's, midfielders. That's, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nico Brett. So, yeah, uh, Dos Santos and Brett. I mean, us talking about sort of the work rate, and I know we're not like picking formations and like, well, other than you, Kev. Um, I, I think a pairing of Nico Brett and Albert Dequa could be very interesting. With I think Brett that could be interesting too. Yeah, Just underneath Dequa, like let Dequa do all the hard work up top and then Brett is there to pounce on whatever like squirts out from, from Dequa putting the press on. Yeah, oh, I, th- I, th- I think as a pairing, Dequa and Brett would be interesting, even though I might put Dequa like fourth on this list yeah agreed so if i'm if i'm looking at my midfield and i'm saying that my midfield is kerr and forbes and griffin then i think i go nico brett oh man and this is this is where i now get in my own head of like is alex dixon better than any of these other guys Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Any of them, yes. He's the most best. That's as far as what I, I don't know. I still think Alex Dixon is the most talented player like on this list. Yeah, I feel like in that case, then I'm going to go. I'm going to go, which is it's weird because, you know, Dixon and Cicerone were in the same team for two years. And it's like 
yet Dixon was always played as a wingback and not up front, like doing stuff. Um, other than that crazy scissor kick goal off. I mean, let's remember no what, bounce. like he made what he was at. Was he, he was, he's at Hartford before. Yes. He made Hartford look good. Like yeah. <laughs> you can make the frauds look good. You can yeah. Look good. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say I'll, I'll, I'll swap in Dixon up front and I'll say Brett and Dixon up top. That's right. And so there's, <laughs> There's our squad. So I, we didn't come up with like a unanimous squad for the show or for us three, but we have, you know, our own picks. It will be very, very interesting to see how this voting goes down because there is uh, really just four days between now and when the season kicks off, there's going to be a lot of ongoing voting for everybody here over the next four days. So stay tuned to Twitter, stay tuned to YouTube. We The first round of voting on the center backs, we did some on um on Twitter, we did some on YouTube. Once again, Twitter today, apparently there's one developer working on their APIs and was causing like, if you clicked on any links, it would just go to a blank screen with an error message. So we're not gonna put any of the polls on Twitter just in the event that they go down and then nobody can vote on them. We're gonna put them over on YouTube. We had, I think 20 people vote on the last round of the center back stuff or like the whatever the, the auxiliary round was. So people are finding it. We will post the link on Twitter, assuming that you can click it to get over to the community page on YouTube. But that way we can keep everything there. We know we're not going to lose anything and and we'll roll with it. Um, Kev, why are you smiling? Oh, it's just like, what, I, you really hate Twitter. Like, <laughs> no, listen, listen. I, I, Contrary to popular belief, I don't really care. Like, I think that a lot of the crap that Elon is pulling is is crap. But I also, if Twitter worked, I'd be like, fine, because what I use it for, like, I'm not part of the cesspool. I'm literally just there, like, taking part in in, in sort of opinion. soccer. Well, <laughs> sure, yeah. Some, some might say that, you know, yeah, I am part of the cesspool. But, like, I like to think that I'm not. So, um, no, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm making a prediction right now. I think in the next four to five years, um, YouTube might legitimately become the like go everywhere, do everything app. I think that what they want to do with it, this is completely off topic. What they want to do with it is eventually merge YouTube uh, TV in with it so that you can literally watch live TV. You can watch like YouTube videos of people commenting on the live TV. They will put all of your movies and TV shows that you buy. It'll just become a one stop for everything. And if they start incorporating all of that with comments and posts and like, it's just going to become the, the go everywhere to everything app. So, so YouTube should sponsor the show is what you're saying. Yes. Um, yeah. But they won't because they're YouTube. <laughs> they totally they won't even let us like, you know, because of the number of followers, they won't let us like do anything. So whatever. I'm not bitter. You're bitter. Um, <laughs> so that's what we think about at least the teams. Like I said, uh, keep an My eye out. My team's beating your team, by the way. Okay. My team's keep beating it. all your teams. Keep it on. We're not competing against each other. We're trying to pick now. the best 11. <laughs> well, what will be interesting is, I like I said, the first vote I will put out tonight is where should Dixon line up? Should he be a winger, a midfielder, or a forward? And that will determine where he competes in all of this. And then we'll, we'll figure out the voting from there. Because it could end up skewing everything. But Bob's going to see that and just start sweating. He's going to be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, 
we got we're here we're we're it's the season starting oh my god yeah it is <laughs> saturday 7 30 p.m espn plus in birmingham um I'd call this a Birmingham pre nothing to preview. Literally none of Birmingham's preseason games are listed on the USL site. So we have no idea. Like literally you could go to the USL page, click on preseason. It will show you every preseason game that happened for a USL team, regardless of who it was against. Like it lists us playing against uh, Columbus and Pitt and, 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 you know, Penn state doesn't matter. Uh, nothing for Birmingham. And if you just Google, Birmingham Legion Google thinks that they played Charlotte and lost three to two this preseason and that they were supposed to have a game against Memphis this past weekend and it was canceled. So maybe they had a game this preseason. I don't know. Um, I do know that Kaler from the USL show is going to be doing a Birmingham preview show and Justin is going to join him. So we might get more information from Kaler at that point to get a better sense of what to expect of this team going into this first game. Um, just to sort of give us a sense of what we might be expecting, I pulled up USL Tactics, our buddy John, uh, his summary of Birmingham this year. I'm going to read through it briefly and just sort of pick and choose some things. Um, he said the Legion used a thin squad in 2022, earning a home playoff match on the strength of Enzo Martinez's false nine play and Johnny Dean's pace at right back. Dean is out, but replaced by Tyler Pasher, who got 10 goals and 15 matches with Indian 2020 and striker Nico Brett, who we were just raving about. Um, the depth question remains an issue with a high press 4-2-4 system. Um, and they tend to have a lot of attacking players up front. I know, Kev, we were sort of raving about uh, Agadello last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, USL Tactics is projecting him to be on the bench because they're going to have Pasher and Enzo Martinez and Nico Brett all sort of running crazy up top. Uh, so he thinks that based on the forward set alone, this Birmingham team is a title contender. Now, whether or not they're able to mesh at the back and sort of make this work is going to be interesting. All of that said, this is our first week of doing like actual score predictions. That oh, like no. Count. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where it gets really tough. And while you guys think about your score prediction, once again, we will put up a post on YouTube. I will share it on Twitter where those who are participating in our pick'em, you can go and post your score prediction. Make sure that you do a final score. Plus if there's a team that's winning, who the team is that won. And um, we had a ton of people sign up to be supporters of the show. Thank you so much for that. You will automatically be entered to win the two season tickets to the Steel Army section in 2024 should you get the best score outside of, you know, the, the Mongols crew. Um, but I will share that later this week. We will have a hard deadline of like Friday at midnight to get your score prediction. Well, actually, let me ask you guys. When do you guys think the deadline should be to get your score predictions in? Like, should we wait until lineups are announced or should we make people pick before that? Before lineups are out. Before line, so like lineups are almost like set your watch announced one hour before game time starts. So we will say like if the game is at seven thirty, you you have to have your pick in before the lines are around six thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so there you go. So we will put out the post. Out. Yeah, we will put out the post. Uh, seeing hour before, there's going to be people that are like six thirty one, like because the 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 lineup is there. But Tough. like, we are gonna, here's <laughs> here's how here's how we're going to do it. The team always tweets out the lineup. We will go off the timestamp of the tweet. So if your if your comment comes in at the same time, so if they if they tweet at six thirty one and you put your your thing at six thirty one, you're out. It doesn't count. It's got to be in before the lineup is announced. But we'll put up a post. That specific post will say like, put your picks here, put your picks in the comments, and then next week we will put up a, a graphic with whoever's winning, and we'll keep tabs all season. It'll be fun. Now that I've vamped for like three minutes talking about how we're gonna do this. Who wants to go first? Any takers? I go first. All right, Kevin. God, I can't wait for the congressional hearing where like the final two who might win like is split by one point and one person got their vote in <laughs> at the last second or something. Um, I'm going to say 1-1. Uh, so you're calling a draw. And remember, it's not even just like if you get you get three points if you get the score right. If you just get win, loss, draw right, you get one point and then no points for nothing. So you can't just say, I was just about to be like, draw, because it doesn't know, like points matter. So Josh, what are you taking? I think this is unfortunate for the Hounds because I feel like this is a gonna this is gonna be a strong team they're playing against. And Lily's pretty much already said, hey, once we get our passing game tighter, we're gonna be a great offensive team. So like they're playing us at the worst possible time to be playing us. So I think this is going to be like 2-0. 2-0 Birmingham? Yeah. Like, unfortunately, I don't want it to happen, but yeah. See, I was I was thinking about 2-1, but if it's true that like Birmingham just didn't have a preseason, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping of that. For sure, for sure. That, that could play a huge part in this. But yeah, just the fact that they have so much power up there and – the fact that Bob said that our team is, you know, still trying to find their footing and gelling. Uh, yeah, that worries me. I think our hope, I think our focus is going to be to go in there and get a point. And mm -hmm. I think that the way that Bob does that is he just plays defense and hopes that we can like squeak one out. Um Kev, I'm kind of with you. If they haven't really had a preseason, Pasher and Brett are both new to the team. Now, Brett was with them for a while, and then he left, and now he's back. Um, so I can't remember if Brett and Martinez have played together before. If not, to have sort of like three guys all – like Martinez has been around, but to have Pasher and Brett sort of around and they aren't connecting either, that makes me a little bit less nervous. I feel pretty good about our center backs. Like they've got a lot of time together. Dos Santos got some minutes in this game coming off injury, like this past game against Louisville, but really hasn't got many minutes beyond that. Um, as down as I've been on this team, I think the only way we come out of there is with, I could be wrong is with a clean sheet. So I'm going to say uh, yeah, that's a joke. How, how down you have been on this team. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I haven't been down on this team? No, you. I feel like you should be predicting us to lose like 3-0. <laughs> but no, like I'm just saying based on the matchups and based on how we did against Louisville of all teams, like do I think that Louisville's got a better squad than Birmingham right now? Maybe. 
I think so, Louisville will probably finish above Birmingham just from probability. So, so with that in mind, I think the other thing you have to to keep in mind is that it is the home opener. It's the season opener, and it's in Birmingham. So, like, they have a slight advantage there. I'll say one nothing Birmingham. I, I was gonna say nil nil, because um, I think we could we could literally just that would be the most Lily thing of all Lily things is just like pack the box and play for a nil nil draw and hope that you get something. So do that though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll say one nil and like we come back with more questions and we go from there. Liz put in her vote. She said three, two hounds. Liz thinks it's going to be a goal. So we're not all doom and gloom. Um, Yeah. That's what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. Even if you're not part of, you know, we won't count your score if you aren't part of the group, but you are able to continue to, yeah. to compete and uh, and and have fun. Um, obviously, we'd love for you to be a supporter of the show. You pay $10 once for the entire year, and that automatically gets you entered to, to win, uh, like we said, two season t- tickets for the Steel Army section for 2024. Um, yeah, so have fun. This is all for fun. Um, 7.30 ESPN Plus. Party at Bulldogs, Josh? Yeah. Uh, something to keep in mind, though, is it turns out Pittsburgh is having their St. Paddy's Day Parade Ooh. on the 11th, the same time that we're having our watch party. Okay. I mean, at the same time, but the same day that we're having our watch party. So uh, Bulldog is going to be packed, as it always is, for St. Paddy's Day. Uh, but we're still going to do a watch party Jesse, the owner, he still said he's he's putting it on the TVs. He'll have the sound on. We're 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 a go. So it's like it's gonna be St. Patty's Day in the Hounds. <laughs> so it should be fun. Nice. Uh, there won't be any tables because it's so packed in there. He takes away all the tables during uh, this time. So yeah, standing room. Just come hang out, and yeah, go Hounds, <sighs> guys. Like we made it. We, we talked for a long time. I don't even know what's at seven o'clock. We that talked, might have been the worst preseason ever, by the way. I think that well, was just like just painful. I <laughs> I I somewhat agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's to a great season. <laughs> Listen, some of these guys. Uh, we were we were talking a little bit offline. Um, not us, but I, you know, Justin in our chat, and he was saying that what gives him a little bit of hope is that almost all of these signings are not straight out of college. That a lot of these guys have experience in the USL or NISA or somewhere, so they have some professional experience. They sort of know what to expect. A lot of these guys played you know, in Charleston or uh, Miami or not Miami, Tampa. Um, Charlotte. So they've been around the league. Who knows? Maybe that plays in our favor. Maybe Lily pulled out some magic in this one and we're, we're not going to know until he we did. get into it. So yeah, this is the year. Did. Stop. You just said this was the worst preseason ever. Now you're like, he did it. This is the, the worst preseason, preseason ever. Like for me, it was just like, like very little news and just like, I don't know. It, it, it was rough. And, but now that we're, we're back in it, man, we have, we have a full squad of players. Yeah, and like I am positive about this team long term. Like I do think we're going to be a good team this year. I just am unsure about our start of this season. I think it's going to be a rough start. 
It always is. One more prediction. Are we going to finish higher or lower than we did last season? What was the, where did we officially finish last season? Fifth. I think that's about right. Like right yeah, now. We, did, we didn't get a home playoff game. Yeah. So it was fifth. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking that's about where I see us right now. It's fifth. Um, I'm going. I up. think it should be higher. I, I'm hoping it's higher, but I like right now, not knowing, still being unsure. I think fifth. Listen, I said that I want to be proven wrong. I would love to come on the show and eat crow and say I was wrong. I want this team to succeed. So, but hopefully they do. There's no but. but like I hope I, I hope so they you do. Think, you think you think we're going to finish lower than fifth? Is what you're saying? Oh no, I didn't realize I was still on that question. Um, do I think we're going to finish lower than fifth? I have no clue. I honestly, uh, you can't be saying that stuff. Uh, and then Kevin say, answer. That's a Kevin answer. <laughs> if I ever heard one. If we knew more about these friggin' players we just signed last week, I'd have more confidence in saying anything, but See, we don't. I think, I think I think Bob tried the whole like let's re-sign players from the season before because like COVID and we just kind of fl- like flunked out of the playoffs. And he's like, that was a fraud decision. Look, look how we ended up. I don't I'm not re-signing anyone this year. <laughs> like, obviously we did. And then you know, he brings in new players. I don't know. I feel confident. I think I think this is gonna be a good season. I will be very interested to see what our starting lineup is this week. Um, and whether it matches what we did against Louisville or if a couple of these other guys work their way into the system. And I think that will be very telling of how the season ultimately plays out because I think a lot of us were just expecting the guys that we brought back to be the starters. And if there are other guys that beat them out of those positions, then that'll be interesting. My last comment, and then I'll shut up, is I think you're wrong. I think that like the first three games will almost be like not telling at all. I think... I think these like the next three games are, are like Lily's actual preseason. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that any game is telling like you, you don't have a picture of how this team is actually going to be until you're like 10 games in, because even at that, every game that Lily does is a microcosm in and of itself. And he tries to play like we went in, up against Cincinnati and I think he put Tommy V out as a winger and we were like, what the hell is he doing? And it like worked. So, like, it, he takes every game as its own thing. So, it's whether or not he's got the the toys to to make that happen. So, we'll see. Last thing for me, and then I'm, and then we're out of here. I, I don't know if you guys saw. It's been really funny. Rob Vincent keeps sending out tweets about how you should not yell at players while they're playing and let them make their own decisions. And I'm like, how much of this is, like, related to Lily? And how much of this is him, like, yelling at parents who are yelling at kids on the field while he's trying to coach? Um I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think it's funny because he, you know, because Lily's our coach now and like seeing those tweets, he's definitely considering things like with youth soccer yeah. when he's yeah. tweeting it, but still it is kind of funny to see. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> so, all right. That's what we think. Everyone enjoy the week. Uh, get down to bulldog. Try to be responsible st patrick's day going on and all of that get your picks in uh like i said we will tweet out now actually i'll put the post up early so if you want to get it done before you know 6 29 on saturday you're welcome <laughs> especially with everything going on on saturday get your picks in early because you don't want to fall behind but even if you do fall behind it's a long season you got a lot of time to make up some ground but uh let us know like we said score prediction and whether or not it's a win or loss for the hounds um let us know we'll keep track We'll share the results on Monday, and uh, we'll go from there. Otherwise, get it done, boys. 
Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.